So I want to spend a few moments tonight talking about the Christmas story, but not from a usual passage of scripture where you hear the Christmas story from. It's from the book of Galatians chapter four. And I want to talk tonight about unwrapping heaven's gift. I don't think any of us would ever think about receiving a gift from somebody and leaving it wrapped. We probably would always want to see what someone has given to us. And so a lot of times even the thought of receiving gifts is all about the expectation and the anticipation about what is the gift. Well, the Bible clearly tells us that the greatest gift any of us as human beings could ever receive is the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul said to the Corinthians, thanks be unto God for his indescribable or unspeakable gift. Paul said it's even hard for us as human beings to articulate the value and worth of the gift that the Lord Jesus is. Paul said to the Romans, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just for a few moments, I want us to look at these verses tonight, and I realize you know, with the children in here and the lights going on and off and stuff, there might be some distractions. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Over the next week, between now and New Year's, take a, even a minute, because that's all it's going to take you, each day, and go to the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and just read those verses over every day, and just meditate on what God is saying here in this passage of Scripture. For here's what he says through Paul. When the appropriate time had come, God sent out his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might be adopted as sons with full rights. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, who calls Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through God. I think if we truly understand this passage of Scripture, it actually will help us to appreciate Christmas and the coming of Christ even more. For in these few verses out of the book of Galatians, we have the unwrapping of heaven's gift. First of all, it starts with the mission of heaven's gift. You will notice here in these verses that the mission of heaven's gift originated in heaven even though it was carried out on earth. In other words, the coming of the Lord was all God's idea. It, it was born in the mind of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God could have left us in the state we were in. He could have left every human being in a state of spiritual darkness, alienated from God, not understanding God at all enslaved to the power of sin and death, all of these things. But God sent his son. God so loved the world. And John even says, we love him because he first loved us. God initiated and reached out to us before we ever took thought of him. And so the mission of this heavenly gift originated in heaven. The objective of this heavenly gift, as we saw here in the passage, was to redeem, 
When you think of the word redeem or the word redemption in the Bible, think of two things. Freedom at a cost. That's really what the concept of redeeming something or redemption means. That, that God came to free us, to set us free. And he did it at his own cost. Let's talk for a moment about what he set us free from. Well, here in the book of Galatians, it says he set us free because we were under the law. In a sense, what Jesus came to do was to set us free from a standard that human beings keep trying to achieve that we never can or will achieve. It's how so many human beings down through history have tried to, to be good enough on their own to get themselves to heaven, if you will, or to earn or merit a relationship with God. But the whole reason why Jesus came was to show us that, first of all, we can't do that. None of us could ever be good enough, do enough good works, or be perfect enough in the eyes of God to merit a relationship with God. The only way you and I have a relationship with God and have salvation and a future in heaven is because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not our own righteousness. Paul said, for he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We don't stand before God in our own righteousness. See, the law that God gave was to show human beings that we can't live up to it. So you think about how frustrating it is for human beings down through history to try to be good enough or to do enough good works to somehow achieve something that they never will. It's so frustrating. It's so self-defeating. It's so discouraging. And yet many human beings go that route. He says, look, Jesus came to set us free from trying to live up to a law that we will never be able to live up to. But he also came to set us free Again, from the power of sin and from the power of death and, and set us free from the spiritual darkness we were in because we were alienated from God. And then we remind ourselves that the only way he could do that was at a cost. That's why Peter writes, we were redeemed, not with silver and gold from our vain manner of life. But we were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without spot and without blemish. Jesus gave his very blood, his very life on the cross for us. That's to redeem us. And that was his objective in this mission. It wasn't just come to be born as a baby in Bethlehem. To even live a good and perfect life before God and be this good teacher and this great example that many even embrace Jesus as. It was to be our savior. It was to be our substitute. It was to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. That's the objective of his mission. And that's why he always focused on going to Jerusalem and dying on that cross and giving up his life for us. That's why John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God that has come to take away the sin of the world. Have you been redeemed? Have you been set free from trying to live up to a standard you'll never be able to live up to? Have you been set free from death and sin 
And Jesus even said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Have you experienced that freedom through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ? That was his mission. That's the mission of the heavenly gift. It originated in heaven. Its objective was to redeem us here on earth. But then also in these verses, you have the ministry of heaven's gift. And the ministry of Jesus when he came to earth was very personal. You notice in this passage all the pronouns, we, you, are. Because God doesn't want us to just get, in a sense, caught up in, well, God came for everybody. Yeah, he did. And he came to die for everybody and to save everybody. But let's break it down and make it very personal. Jesus Christ left heaven as the Son of God and came to this earth as a baby in Bethlehem to ultimately die for you. For you, sir. And you, ma'am. And you, young lady. And you, young man. He came for you. He did all of that for you. And I truly believe that the message of the Bible is if you and I would have been the only person on earth, Jesus Christ would have left and come to earth just for you and me. Very personal. That's the kind of ministry Jesus wants to have with all of us. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. He wants to relate to us in a personal way. That's his ministry. But his ministry here, according to Paul, is also very powerful in the sense that Jesus, as the God-man, as the God who came in flesh, did for us what we could never do for ourselves or no one else could ever do. Only God who could come in flesh could identify with what we go through and, and all of that, and only God could have the power to overcome it. And so that's why the Bible says there is salvation in no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Only through Jesus Christ can we be redeemed. His ministry is very personal, but it's also very, very powerful. In fact, Paul goes on to say here that not only did Jesus have the power to redeem us, to set us free and give us freedom, he also had the power to bring us into his family and adopt us as his children. Some people believe that every human being that's born is a child of God, but according to the Bible, that's not true. Every human being is a creation of God. Every human being has been created by God, but not every human being is a child of God. Only those who have placed their personal trust and faith and confidence in what the Lord Jesus came to do then is adopted as sons and daughters into God's family. That's his ministry, though. He has the power to not only be able to set aside our sin, but also to bring us into his family and to call us sons and daughters. Which leads to the final point of unwrapping heaven's gift. And that is where Paul concentrates on the message of heaven's gift. 
And the first message that we see here is that we have a father now. That's who God is to us. He says, and because you are sons or daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts and cries out, Abba, Father. Do you know God in that way? And it's not, I love that, it's, it's not whispering, Father. It's crying out, Father. He's our Father now. Because we have been brought into his family through what Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, came to do. And it began in that manger at Bethlehem. You and I get to call God our Father. We get to pray our Father who art in heaven. We get to understand that just as parents have the responsibility to look out and care for their children, that God, even so much more than that, looks out and cares and provides and protects his children. And that is the message that Paul wants to get across to us tonight. That in this great message of Christmas, of Christ coming to earth, let's not miss that Oh, a message out of that is that we can cry out to God as our Father and that we always have him as our Father and always will because of the coming of Christ. Another message that Paul reminds us of here is that not only do we have a Father, but we have a family now, a spiritual family. Because Paul says that God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. All of us have some kind of a physical family. We're related to other people through blood, if you will. But the Bible teaches us that there's another family. There is a spiritual family that we can be a part of. Our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And the Bible even teaches us that we can actually even be closer to those that we're not blood related to if we are related, if you will, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because we can have more in common with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ through Christ than we could ever have through our physical relatives that we do not share Christ in common with. That's what the whole concept of fellowship is all about in the Bible that we can truly have a, a bond because of our common faith in Jesus Christ. And we can have a spiritual family. And that's something else that the message of Christ and the coming of Christ gives us. And then, finally, he shares that not only do we have a father and a family, we have a future. Because he says in verse 7, so you are no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. And if you are a son or a daughter, then you are also an heir through God. You see, not only has Christ come to redeem us and set us free, he came to give us a new father and a new family and the hope of a great future. 
That's why Jesus told his followers, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Do you believe in that future with Jesus? Do you believe in a future in heaven, a future in glory, a future in the kingdom? That's what it means to be an heir of God through Jesus Christ. What a glorious future. And Paul is trying to teach the Galatian Christians and teach us through this passage of Scripture all of this in these few verses is all because at the appropriate time God sent out his son. Yes, God, because he was the son of God, but also born of a woman. 100% God, 100% human. No other person ever who has ever lived on earth or walked the earth has ever been like Jesus Christ, the God-man. And yet because he was the God-man, the God who would come in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, as we sing at Christmas time. All of these things can be ours. We can be redeemed. We can be adopted as children into God's family. We can have a father, we can have a family, and we can have a future filled with hope. Have you ever unwrapped heaven's gift? And as you're unwrapping that gift, or even if you have in your life, have you ever really thoughtfully considered all that it means to have Jesus in your life? I think that's why Paul penned these words. Because he wanted Christians, especially followers of Jesus Christ, to, to really realize the magnitude of what it meant when the Bible said, at the very appropriate time according to God's timetable, God sent forth his son into this world. See, the, Jesus didn't begin to exist in Bethlehem. He always existed as the son of God, the second person of the Trinity. But at the very appropriate time, some 2,000 years ago, God sent forth his son into this world. And because Jesus came, we have all that Paul talked about Tomorrow, as you unwrap those gifts, let's not forget the greatest gift that we could ever receive. Let's not pass over the greatest gift that we will ever have in our life. That is the gift of Jesus Christ, the unspeakable gift. I don't know how many of you have ever seen or heard this poem before, but I wanted to share it with you tonight. It was written many years ago by a man who was a converted Jew who had grown up as an Orthodox Jew and somewhere in his 20s he recognized that Jesus was his Messiah. And he accepted Jesus as his personal savior. And this man went on to be 
the president of one of the leading Jewish organizations in the world. And here's what he wrote one day. Mary had a little lamb who lived before his birth, self-existent son of God, from heaven he came to earth. Mary had the little lamb. See him in yonder stall. Virgin born, son of God, to save man from the fall. Mary had the little lamb, obedient son of God. Everywhere the father led, his feet were sure to trod. Mary had the little lamb, crucified on the tree, the rejected son of God, he died to set men free. Mary had the little lamb, men placed him in the grave, thinking they were done with him, to death he was no slave. Mary had the little lamb, ascended now is he, all work on earth is ended, our advocate to be. Mary had the little lamb, mystery to behold. From the lamb of Calvary, a lion will unfold. When the day star comes again, of this be very sure. It won't be lamb-like silence, but with the lion's roar. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for sending your son, your precious one and only son to this earth for us. And not just for us corporately, God, but for us individually for us personally, for every human being in this room tonight. Jesus, you came for us. You loved us that much that you were willing to take on our sin and be our savior and be our substitute and redeem us at the cost of your life and your blood. That's what Christmas is really all about. The story of Christmas doesn't end with the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. The story of Christmas continues tonight. December 24, 2016, in Arizona, the Christmas story continues because the Christmas story still is affecting people and transforming lives and changing the lives of people forever, even now. That what Jesus did 2,000 years ago still has ongoing effects, even up to this point right now. And so, God, I pray tonight that every person within sound of my voice tonight has truly unwrapped heaven's gift.
that there was a time in their life, God, where they recognized that there's no way they could live up to the standard that they were thinking they had to live up to in order to have a relationship with you, to somehow earn their way to heaven, to do enough good works. Clearly, Paul says, Jesus came to redeem us who were under the law. Jesus also came to set us free from sin and death and spiritual darkness and to adopt us into his family as his child so that we could have a father, a family, and a future, not based on what we have done, but all based on what you have done, Lord. Has there been a time in our life where we unwrapped heaven's gift? And then, Lord, if we have, have we truly appreciated what we have in Jesus? Sometimes the holidays and the holiday season can be a time where we reflect. And so many human beings can play the what if. What if I would have made that choice in my life instead of that choice? What if I would have chosen that path instead of this path? But think about this. Have we ever asked ourselves the question, what if Jesus would have never come? What if God would have left us in the state we were in? A state in which we could have never helped ourselves or had the power to get out of it on our own? What if Christmas would have never been? So God, we sit here tonight so thankful that some 2,000 years ago, at the appropriate time, at just the right time in your timetable, you sent forth your son Jesus into this world. God, we celebrate you tonight, who you are and what you have done for us. And as we light these candles and as we end our service by singing, Oh, holy night, may what took place that night truly resonate and reverberate inside of us tonight. May we realize, God, like never before, it was all for us. And God, may we truly appreciate what you have done for us at Christmas. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me? As we stand, there's going to be folks coming around who are going to light the candles. We're just going to ask then as your candles on the end are lit, if you would then go down the row and light those next to you until every last candle is lit in the auditorium. And as you're lighting your candles, let us sing this great song together, O Holy Night. Amen. Amen. Many of you may wonder why... Why candlelight services at Christmas time? Well, the Bible tells us that when Jesus came into this world, 
that there were so many in darkness. And that Jesus Christ not only came to give us life, he came to give us light. There was so much spiritual ignorance about God. And that Jesus came to give us insight and understanding and spiritual knowledge. And that's what this light represents. I hope tonight that as you carry that light, that you have that spiritual knowledge and insight and understanding about who God is, who Jesus really is. And the Bible tells us that the best way we can have that light is through his word, the Bible. That's why the psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's why here at the Oasis, we focus on teaching the word of God because it's light. And I just blew it out. Why, thank you, Woody. I think that's God's way of saying, okay, Jeff, it's time to quit talking. <laughs> so with that, I'll say these things. Don't forget, tomorrow, Christmas Day, we do not have a service here at the Oasis, but we are starting out the new year in God's house on January the 1st, 10 o'clock, right back here next Sunday. We hope you can join us. We're going to be starting a new series that day, and we are excited about 2017 for many reasons here at the Oasis. One, it's going to be a monumental year because we're going to break ground this year on our building. But more importantly than that, I believe that God wants to meet with us in a very unprecedented way this year, and that he has already been preparing us here at the Oasis for that at the end of 2016. And he just wants to continue that work into 2017. And I'm very excited about that. I hope you are too. I hope you'll be a part of it with us. So thank you all for coming. May you all and your family and friends have a very blessed and wonderful and safe Merry Christmas. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next year.